Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Boiler Track Show, a show by Boiler Upload of the Rivals Network. Today, we have a very special guest, two-time Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year, former Purdue guard, Chris Kramer. Chris, how are you? I'm good, man. Happy to be here. I appreciate you coming on, uh, taking the time to do this. So, obviously, last night, uh, Purdue got a big win over Marquette in the Gavit games. Um, how much did you take away from from that performance? Because Purdue really hadn't gotten punched in the mouth at all. Um, that was their first time facing real adversity in a game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think it was their first true test. Um, beginning of the game, I was a little nervous. <laughs> this, might get, this might go bad quickly. Um, but, you know, after that first media timeout, you know, they regrouped, came out, made a run, um, you know, got the game back, you know, kind of back and forth. Um, but the thing that really impressed me was how they responded, um, to the runs that Marquette made. Um, you know, Cam Jones, um, got going in the first half and then, um, Joplin in the second half and how they responded when they could have just threw in the towel, you know, that's it. We're going to, you know, we'll chalk it up. We'll get ready for the next game. Um, you know, in the midst of those, um, or in the midst of that adversity, they came together and, you know, they made plays both offensively and defensively. And it wasn't just one person. Obviously, Braden made some huge plays. Zach made some huge plays um, offensively. Um, but if you think about the hustle play by Caleb to save the ball, to keep the possession, get another, you know, another chance at a shot. Um, the block um, that Caleb made from basically out of nowhere um, on Joplin's three when he was wide open. Like, those are big-time winning plays that in the box score, yeah, he gets a block shot, but, you know, it could get easily be overlooked. He got an offensive rebound. But those plays are the hustle, the winning plays that, you know, helped us win that game. And, um, you know, obviously Braden was sensational. Um, Zach was dominant. Um, you know, I thought Braden and Newman played really well. Um, you know, I thought Fletcher made some shots. Um, very uncharacteristic of him at the free throw line. Um, but, you know, as a guy that's worked out with Fletcher, that's seen him play. Um, as a Purdue fan, if we're the game's on the line and Fletcher is at the free throw line, I feel really good about our chances. Um, obviously, you know, he was one for four last game. I don't see that happening again. Um, but, you know, I was really impressed with how they responded in that first true test um, of the season. I think the thing that is most impressive to me, it's it goes hand in hand with that. I mean, every time they would get like a one-point lead, Marquette would come back down and score again. And they didn't hang their head, and they kept pushing, they kept pushing, they kept pushing. And finally, they just broke Marquette. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it was – we scored in different ways. Um, obviously, you know, we threw it to Zach. Um, and I think in the second half, he just turned into a monster. In the first half, he was a little – Kind of like the the first game of the season, um, just a little out of sorts. You know, that pressure that 
um, getting kind of pushed off their spots a little bit. Um, but in the second half, he worked to get position. He made moves. He was decisive. And um, when you're that big and that skilled, it's just hard for people to deal with you. Um, but, you know, the way that they did every time, you know, Purdue threw a punch, Marquette came right back. And then, you know, we came back, we threw another punch. And, you know, that back and forth, that battle of wills, um, you know, it came down to, you know, who was going to break. And, you know, fortunately, um, you know, we didn't break. And, you know, we withstood there, you know, Joplin's 13 points in 30 minutes or whatever it was. <laughs> um, but, you know, just really proud as a fan, just sitting back and watching of um, yeah, how they responded in the midst of everything when, you know, they could have, things could have get gotten hairy pretty quickly, um, but they stayed together. Um, yeah, and they just made plays. And that's the biggest thing is, you know, we had freshmen making plays. Um, you know, Zach put the team on his back in certain stretches. Braden did it um, for a big stretch there. Um, and I think with this team, it could be – it's not just going to be Zach. It could be anybody. Um, and I think that's um, one of the things that makes them – pretty dangerous if you ask me mm -hmm. it's pretty interesting in the first three games they've had <clears throat> excuse me three different um leading scores i know last night Braden and zach both finished with 20 but first game it was fletcher second game it was ed and then Braden threw his name in the hat last night as well so it's it's a really balanced team david jenkins played well brandon newman can go off for i mean 27 like he scored his freshman year uh, this team is deep. Yeah, they very, you know, I think the one thing that I really like is um, Brandon came in and he played hard. He was rebounding the basketball. He was going to get every ball off the glass. Um, he was playing, he was playing defense. He was staying down. Um, you know, Jenkins Jr. came in, was making shots, made tough shots late in the shot clock. And, you know, to win basketball games into the Big Ten season. Um, and even as you push into, you know, postseason plays, you need a guy that can go get you a bucket when the shot clock's running down. And, um, you know, it looks like he relishes that opportunity and he just wants it. Um, you know, he wasn't um, scared. He was, you know, completely confident. He knew how much time he had. He wanted to get to a certain spot and got there and uh, knocked it down. So, um, you know, both those guys are going to have a, a big role. I know Brandon got lost kind of in the sauce last night in the second half. Um, you know, I know people were asking me about it on Twitter. And, you know, it just kind of happens. It's not personal. Um, you know, when you find a lineup that's working, you're going to stick to it. And, um, you know, essentially winning is good enough and, you know, Brandon needs to come back today, tomorrow, you know, then these next days and come back in with that same um, aggressiveness and intensity that he had at the beginning of the game. And, you know, hopefully um, if that situation happens again, you find yourself on the court and, uh, you know, not sitting there watching. One thing about Brandon, though, I don't think he's going to hang his head one bit because that kid been through a lot. I mean, being a – I mean, he wasn't like a five-star, obviously, but coming in, being like 
a fairly highly touted recruit gets redshirted. And then in the 2020 season, he loses his father. And then last year he goes to, I mean, hit probably his worst year of basketball uh, since he started playing when he was a little kid, like barely got to play, whatever. He, he, I think he'll be just fine. And there's going to be games where he's going to be the one in there. He's he's going to be going off. That's just the type of kid that he is. Yeah, you know, I think, you know, he's very resilient. And, um, you know, I think the thing about basketball is it's never as good as it seems and it's never as bad as it seems. Mm. Um, you know, so, like, as a Purdue fan, like, we can't be like, oh, you know, we're great now. You know, we beat yeah. Marquette with three and all. Everything's great, you know. We got to, you know, keep that even keel line, um, you know, to stay realistic. Um, Cause as soon as you, your expectations, you kind of pump yourself up, you know, that's when, you know, you get knocked off by somebody you're not supposed to, you know, they need to keep that chip on their shoulder. Um, they need to keep that, the dog mentality that they have. And, um, you know, I think they're overlooked by a lot of people. And honestly, I think that's kind of where you want to be. Um, walk in, surprise people, but still play with that chip on your shoulder and play Purdue basketball, and you're going to win a lot of games. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could – if someone – I mean, you look at every all the upsets and stuff that's happened in college basketball this year, like Louisville losing to D3 schools and Florida – I think Florida State's 0-3. I mean yeah, – They're bad. <laughs> that, that, that could have happened to – to Purdue in any of these games. It still could happen, honestly. Um, but that's just the way college basketball goes. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's why you play the game. You know, it's why there's not – you know, it's not 2K where there's a simulation button and, you know, you're Florida State or <laughs> you're Louisville and you, you know, you have the name, so you just walk in and you win games just based on, you know, the name of your school. You got to go out there. You got to show up. You got to play. Um you know, I'm glad that didn't happen to Purdue. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, Leonard Hamilton at Florida State, they're going to be – he always finds his way. And then the situation at Louisville is, um, you know, with everything looming mm -hmm. that where they were have a postseason ban and all that kind of stuff, and it came out, you know, they don't. So now I think they'll be able to get some players. Um so hopefully I think that'll change pretty quickly, you know, in the coming years. But, um, you know, yeah, that's why you play the game, man. And that's why I love this game. Anybody can beat anybody on any given night, um, you know, no matter who it is. You got to show up and you got to play, leave it all out there. And, you know, if not, you might get knocked off. And like you mentioned earlier, it's never as bad as it seems and it's never as as good as it seems, I guess. Um, I remember the 20 – 2017-18 season, I believe it was. Purdue lost two of three in the battle for Atlantis. Ended up beating the best team, probably that they were going to play in that tournament, and then ripped off 19 straight or however many wins it was. Yeah. So the ebb, the ebbs and flows of of the college basketball season are they're a tricky thing. Absolutely, I think from my experience. Your season can normally go – you either start taking off or you start, you know, going on the down slope around that Christmas break. 
you don't have school, you're practicing a lot more, all your focus is just on basketball. That's when you you've had a little bit of the season to kind of see who you are as a team, what you guys need to work on, you know, what works, and you kind of try to blend everything together to make a better product, you know, moving forward. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's that point in the season um, where some teams start to really take off. And, you know, you look towards um, postseason play or, you know, conference play and you want to compete for that championship. Um, Or, you know, as a fan, you start to see that downflow. You're like, you know, let's just look towards next season, you know. (laughs) Um, But with college basketball, I think that's just how it is. And, you know, I think – Every team that I've seen with Coach Painter, um, they normally always get better after that Christmas break. And, um, you know, it's – you might take a couple lumps here and there, Um, especially this season. You know, we're starting two freshmen. Um, You know, freshmen are getting a lot of minutes. A lot of underclassmen are getting a lot of minutes. Um, So – you know, things are going to happen. Adversity is going to happen. We're not going to respond like we did against Marquette. Um, but as fans and um, as just supporters of Purdue basketball, you know, we have to take that into consideration and um, not lose our minds. You know, we got to, you know, stay the course. We got to believe in the team. We got to believe in Coach Painter and, you know, the staff and, um, you know, keep showing up and, um, you know, supporting them as best we can. Yeah, I think, I mean, last year, that was kind of an, un, I don't want to say unprecedented, but an unusual start for a Matt Painter team. Because usually, like you said, they do take some lumps in non-conference. And, I mean, I, I've i come to accept that. Because I remember the Elite Eight year, they lost to, they were like six and five, I want to say. Lost to Texas when Carson dropped 40. And then they just keep getting better and better and better as the year goes on. Yeah, I think and that's one of the things that you want. Like, you don't want to start the season as, like, gangbusters and you're just mm. dominating everybody. And then, you know, throughout the season, you slowly are getting worse. Like, you know, you want to just start out, you know, and you gradually want to get better. So, you know, obviously the goal is probably to be playing the best basketball at the end of the year. Um, but throughout that, obviously your team has goals. You want to compete for, um, you know, conference championships. You want to win whatever tournaments you're playing along the way. Um, but obviously the goal is, you know, postseason play, you know, conference championships um, and playing your best basketball at that time. But – you know, like we said, you know, basketball is not easy. It's a game of mistakes. Um, when the game's not going well, are you able to not let one mistake, one mistake snowball into two, three, or four? Mm-hmm. Can you just cut it off right there? You know, keep your confidence as a player, not look over your shoulder, um, and just, you know, think of the next play and, you know, how you're going to, you know, help the team. You know, I think that's the the biggest thing that, you know, Purdue can do is not let one mistake, you know, turn into, you know, three, four, five possessions because um, you can really get yourself down. And against good teams, you're not going to be able to get yourself back. Yeah, you tweeted that the other day. I saw that one. 
how how difficult do you think that is for freshmen, especially at this level, like Braden? I know Braden had a tough start to the game. A um, couple turnovers just wasn't looking like himself, I guess. And Coach Painter after the game said, this was the first good half that Braden Smith has had uh, last night. I mean, how difficult do you think it is for freshmen to to understand that of only making one mistake and not letting it snowball? It's tough, man. You know, because you think about the situation that Braden, that Fletcher were in, in high school. You're mm-hmm. the main. Like, you're not coming off the floor unless – you're in foul trouble, and even then you might stay on the court. You just might not play any defense. Um, you know, so when situations like this start to happen and, you know, maybe you do get taken out, you know, how do you stay in the game? How do you not let that one mistake just carry over, you know, not even just one, two, three, four plays, but how do you not let it just take over the whole game? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's something that's not easy. Um but that just comes down to your mental toughness. Um, when things do go um, badly, you know, the best thing you can do when, you know, you get subbed out is you stay in the game, you're cheering for your teammates, you're staying engaged. Because um, if you sit there and sulk and let that that one turnover that got that turned into, you know, a breakaway dunk um, for the other team, if you just sit there and sulk about that, um, it's going to eat you up and it's just going to completely carry over. So then when you do go back in, you're not going to be yourself. You're going to get subbed out, and that, that might be it. Um, you know, you have to know you're going to get another opportunity. You're going to get another crack at it. Um, you know, so, like, yeah, it happened. I turned it over. You know, whatever happened, you know, let that go. Stay confident. Look at the next play and just go out there and play as hard as you can. And if you do make a mistake, make a mistake playing 100%. Don't make a mistake playing at 50% and being timid go out there and play balls to the wall. And if you do make a mistake, let it be, you know, going full tilt. Um, you know, if you're playing as hard as you can, you're leaving it all out there. You'll probably get another, another crack at it. You know, you can't let it snowball like we talked about, but you know, if you can let that, let that play go, look at the next play, go out there, play defense, you'll get a rebound, go get an offensive rebound, um, get a steal you know, whatever it may be, you're going to keep, you're going to stay in the game. Um, but it is easier said than done. Um, it's just having that mental fortitude to, to stay in the game. And the best thing that I've noticed with myself is just to stay engaged, you know, talk on the bench, um, celebrate for your teammates. Um, you know, don't, don't just sit there and so be pissed off about, you know, something you can't control anymore. And I think Braden and Fletch are both really good about that. Just seeing it from a from an outsider's perspective, looking at them on the bench, they always seem to be engaged. I mean, it's a great thing to see. Um, you know, I do love that it looks like Braden is really vocal. Um as a freshman to come in as a point guard. Uh, you love to see that. Um, your point guard is basically the extension of a coach. And, you know, yeah, he's a freshman, but if he's out there and he's demanding the respect and he's getting, you know, the guys in the right positions and holding everybody accountable, that's what you want. Um, so if he's, you know, 
um, doing that for everybody else, you know he's going to hold himself to that same standard. So when he does make his mistake and he gets out, he's ready to go again. But he's going to keep supporting his teammates and doing everything he can from the bench for when he gets back out there, he's ready to go. And that's something that Purdue hasn't had out of their point guard for a few years now. You look at – I mean, no disrespect to any of them, but you look at someone like No Joe Eastern or Eric Hunter, they didn't – they weren't super vocal, or at least it didn't seem like that uh, watching the games. No, I agree. Um, you know, obviously you don't want to be critical, no disrespect to anybody, yeah. but, you know, I think point guard play has been um, one of the downfalls a little bit um, of Purdue um, lately. You know, I think go back to last season – um, you relied a lot on Jaden to make, you know, decisions out of pick and rolls and everything. And he was mainly the main creator, mm-hmm. shot maker, shot taker, um, you know, all of those situations um, where this season you have a point guard who can um, do it, but he's also not just looking to score. He's getting in there, getting to the teeth, kicking out the shooters. Um, and, you know, when you have a point guard like that, who, does it on both ends. Um, you know, he sets the tone defensively, but then again, you know, he's setting the tone offensively too. He's pushing the ball up the court, you know, getting trying to get guys open shots. Um, you know, he has the potential to be, you know, like Lewis, you know, and mm. a guy that was just as dynamic, um, that can um Maybe you never know what happens, but you know, have a chance to be the one in this point guard in Purdue history. I, I don't know how Lou Jack will feel about that. I think he'll like it. <laughs> I think he'll like it, but he won't like give it up that title. You know, <laughs> it is what it is. Obviously, you want to leave it better than you found it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think Lou will just be happy that, you know, Obviously, Braden's doing well, but if he does take it over, that means producing a great place. They've won a lot of games, and, you know, at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Records and all that stuff, they're made to be broke. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't – yeah, I think I think Lou would like it. <laughs> yeah. He loves Purdue. Um, one thing that Lou said that stood out to me and I've really been thinking about recently is – the fact that one through four, aside from Edie, the backup could take the starter's job. How much of an advantage do you think that is for this team where you're back? I mean, it's just creating competition. So your backup could come in and take your minutes like that. It's a great thing to have um, because, you know, every day in practice, everybody has to bring it. Hmm. Um, if you have – a few practices in a row where you're just going through the motions, you're not um, playing hard. You're not doing all the things Coach Painter says. He picks up on all of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're going to find yourself, you know, in a different role. You Instead of playing 25 minutes, you might be on the other side of that. And um, you're going to look in the mirror at the end of the – you know, at the end of the week, you didn't, you know, you played 10 minutes, you got zero shots and like, man, what the hell happened? 
know, I, I didn't practice hard. I got beat out. And, um, you know, that competition's a good thing. Um, but are you able to, as a player, withstand coming every single day and laying it on the line? You're going to figure it out by within a few months, like, who's got it? Like, who can bring it every single day? Like, you know, they don't need a day off. Um, you know, they're going to bring their hard hat. They're going to come when they're just laid on the line all day. They're going to do exactly what you want them to do, and they're going to essentially help you win games by doing so. And, um, you know, so there might be a rotation right now that they have that they're trying to, you know, find certain lineups at work, um, certain games and all that kind of stuff. But um, as we, you know, get closer into, you know, Christmas and then beyond, um, all of that can change, man, especially when you have um, a lineup that's so deep that is interchangeable with different pieces. Um, because, you know, you have Mason, like at the four position, you have Mason, you have um, Caleb, you have, you know, TKR. Um, you know, they can all play the position. You know, it's, you know, everybody has to bring it. And um, it's a great thing, especially as a coach. Um, you know, your competitive drills, they're going to be competitive guys are going to be laying all out there. Um, but the only downfall of that is going to be that it's going to get, maybe it gets too competitive. And you got to find that fine line of keeping it competitive, but not like getting guys in situations where guys potentially get injured. Mm-hmm. So that that's be the, the only bad thing about it. But um, that competition aspect and practice every day, you got to love it. But there's definitely a fine line to walk as a coach to find, um, not make it too competitive where, you know, emotions might get a little out of hand. Now, how many times did that happen to you? <laughs> uh, you know our practices were pretty crazy I, I would say our practices I don't know this for a fact but um, I would say our practices are probably way harder than what they go through right now uh, that would, yeah. just, just the way we played and everything is so different um but to that, I mean, Coach Painter's adapted um, completely to college basketball, to his teams. Um, you know, and I think that's one of the things that I love about him. Is he's not a one-trick pony. Like, you know, I'm going to go out. This is what we're going to do. We're gonna, This is our offense no matter what. And this is, you know, this is what we're going to do. And, you know, even defensively, they've changed based on um, – personnel it's not always the same pick and roll defense you know they have different coverages and everything like that and I think it just you know makes you more dynamic as a coach and makes you harder to prepare for um and you know I think the recruiting trail they've been really good getting the Purdue guys but fit like kind of what they want to do in the in the next coming seasons and especially offensively so um you know it's been great to watch like the evolution of when I was there till you know where it is now. It is completely different. Um, yeah, I don't want to say you know he's gotten soft, but like you know, <laughs> I guess the game's changed a little bit. Yeah, 
2010. <laughs> I talked to a couple guys that played for Izzo at Michigan State, and they said that he's gotten softer as times have gone on. Coaches just well, have to. I don't think you can just have your guy show up in their shoulder pads and helmets anymore. I don't think you can do that. Like, you know, you can't have a football practice at basketball. I mean, mm. you know, that's the type of stuff like they would do. Like, you would hear stories about, and it's just like anymore. It's not going to fly. It's just the landscape is completely different. Mm. Um, but you know, I mean. He's done the same thing. He's adapted. I mean, they still play the same way. Um, but, you know, coaching is all about adapting to your personnel and, you know, obviously knowing that you can't coach the same – every person the same. You got to know their personality, how they're going to react to certain things. You know, some guys you can just scream at and just, you know, just curse them out, of, you know, per se. And other guys you just need to pull – to the side, talk to them directly, um, you know, and they're going to respond. So, um, you know, coaching's not easy. Um, but, you know, I think as a Purdue fan, we have one of the best. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. You know what I want to do, though? I want to go back and be able to sit in Mackey and watch some Coach Katie practices way back in the day. Coach Katie was pretty crazy. Come on, babe. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I would love to see. Yeah, I had a teammate when I was in Germany that played for Bobby Knight at Texas Tech, and he would just talk about like if they lost, they would end up running when they got back. Like if he didn't, if they didn't play to his like standards, they'd get back and you know everyone's like ready to go home. It's like uh uh-uh, uh, I'll meet you guys at the gym. And the managers, all they do is set up like a bunch of trash cans, like at each at the free throw line, half court, other free throw line, and the other baseline. And you're just running, and you know if you yak yak, but then you know <laughs> keep it going. And he's like, man, it was it was awful, but. Um, if you can get through that, um, you know, they'll do anything for you for the rest of your life. They'll help you however you can. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but you can't do that today. It's just, you just can't. Um, and I think that's good because there's no reason like overseas per se, like if you lose teams are trying to find you because you've lost three games in a row. Mm. Like you can't do that. Man. Like, you know, they're going to try, but you know, it's like just punishing them for losing. Like you can make your practice harder, but you can't just, you know, get back and we're running for an hour just because you guys lost. Like that's not helping anybody. Um, all it's really going to do is create a really bad culture for your team. And everyone's going to be pissed off and nobody's going to want to play for you. Like, you know, especially now, people are just going to transfer in the middle of the season. And that's, you know, it is what it is. Um, so I think there's a fine line you have to walk between, like, pushing your guys but still, like, holding them accountable. Um, and you have to know it's on an individual-by-individual individual basis because everybody is so different. 
Not yeah. I mean, like like we've mentioned, I think Paint does a really good job of that. Really Absolutely. good job of that. Um, I mean, say what Purdue fans will say what they want about oh about his his tactics and his philosophies or whatever, but he can lead a group of dudes at the end of the day. Absolutely, and the thing is, like, it's always easier as when we're watching the game. Hmm. And it's a slow motion. Like we're not sitting there like making decisions in, you know, we're watching the game. We have timeout, you know. We've watched a bunch of games. We're sitting here being critical, saying that we could do it way better than him when a lot of people don't have any idea. Like the dude is a basketball junkie. Like the amount of time he puts in that his staff puts in, it's crazy. Um, and the product that we see isn't always the product that they wanted us to see. Like sometimes the players don't execute what the coaches want and, you know, there's nothing you can do about that. Or, you know, offensively, obviously, you know, like Austin P you don't plan on going two for 19, three, you know, if it happens, how are you going to find a way to win? Sometimes you can, but sometimes you just can't overcome shooting that poorly. Um, but, you know, I think everybody's going to say, oh, we need to find it, especially at the end of the season, you know, oh, we need a new coach, blah, blah, blah. And the grass isn't always greener. The grass isn't always greener. He's, I, I don't, I don't see Payne ever leaving Purdue. Honestly. No, the only way he's leaving Purdue is if they fire. I honestly believe that. I mean, if he didn't go to Missouri, I mean, where you know yeah. what I mean? Like, he's a Purdue guy. Um, where's he gonna like? What? Do, what more does he want? You know what I mean? Like, I think he's perfectly content. He's, um, obviously he wants more too. I mean, he wants to go to a Final Four. He wants to win a national championship. Like, he wants those things. He's not just content making it to the Sweet Sixteen. Um. You know, so he's just as hungry, and it's just you – know, it's not easy. That's why you got to go out there and, you know, nobody planned on losing, losing to St. Peter's. But, like, you know, shit happens sometimes. That's why you play the game. And, you know, that's why people love the NCAA tournament because guys can – teams can go on Cinderella runs that nobody had any idea about. Um. And, you know, as bad as it hurt us as fans to watch, like, you don't think those players and that coaching staff feel way worse than we do? Like, you know, we have to keep in perspective, like, they're the ones preparing, they're the ones playing, and we're just, you know, fans that get worked up over, you know, nothing. Like, it's not – if Purdue wins or loses at the end of the day, it's not doing anything for us. Yeah, we might be a little happy. We might be a little pissed off. But, like, really, as a fan, it's not changing our lives. For those guys, it's changing their lives. You know what I mean? If Purdue loses and Purdue has an awful season, Coach Painter could get fired. Mm -hmm. If, you know, Purdue loses and, you know, those guys don't play well, when the next class comes in, there's a great chance they, number one, they might transfer. Or when the next group comes in, they're just not going to play. So, like, you know, it means way more to them than it does to us. 
it's just everyone has a voice now on social media and loves to put it out there. Walter Jordan and I talked about that yesterday. He was going off. He was ripping Purdue fans. Well, not all Purdue fans, but uh, the ones that that we usually see on on Twitter. Yeah, I I try to hold my tongue, um, but sometimes I can't. And I'll get into a Twitter war, Twitter, Twitter <laughs> war with people, and I feel stupid doing it. But it's just like, you know, some people are so delusional, and it gets to a point where I've seen it so many times, like from the same person. I just can't take it. So then I have to fire back at them. And then <laughs> the next day, I'm like, why did I do that? Like, <laughs> it happens. There are these dudes. I was in the press section last night. There are these dudes that always sit behind us going bananas. Like like every every possession they had, Purdue had the ball. Give it to AD, Give it to AD. And they would, like, get mad when people would shoot. It was the, It was the funniest thing to hear. I mean, at least you're saying to throw the ball to your best player. Yeah. I mean, I'm okay with that. <laughs> but, like, obviously there's four other guys out there. There was situations, though, in the game. When I'm watching, I'm standing up screaming at the TV. like, and <laughs> But, like, you know, basketball is all about, like, finding matchups. And if Zach Eady has – Anybody guarding him other than their center, he has to get the basketball. And that's on him, but then it's on the other four people in the court too. Um, and there's a few situations when he had, I think, Joplin, like, by himself. It was four out, one in, and he didn't get the basketball. And we ended up taking a bad shot. And it's just like, you know, if I'm Zach, I'm going off. Like, you know, I have to get the basketball. Like, do you see who's guarding me back here? Like, I can turn around and just nerf hoop, dunk it on him. Like, that's it. Um, But, you know, I think that's one thing Purdue could do better is recognizing matchups, you know, especially moving forward when you get into Big Ten play. If mm. you push a basketball and Zach sprints the floor and has a guard on him, you have to get him that basketball right away because they're going to have to converge and double, triple. And, you know, it's going to give us wide open shots. Um, and with the right guys taking those shots, you feel really good about that possession. And even when he does get doubled, I know last year he was an underrated passer, in my opinion. But this year he's really starting to show it. He's keeping his eyes up and he's hit quite a few. He could have a bunch of assists, but uh, guys just didn't, didn't hit open looks, which during this, throughout the season they will. Yeah. You know, it's – how do you double-team that? You have – especially as, you know, a 7-4 and he puts the basketball <laughs> above his head. Like, you're just hoping he makes a bad decision, essentially, because he's seeing everything he wants to on the court. You just try to get him to push back to dribble, um, maybe just airmail a pass out of bounds. But if he turns and faces up and sees everything on the court – um, like when he made that pass to Caleb when Caleb tore the rim off last night, like, you know, great cut, but, you know, great find. Um, and the thing is, too, as the season goes in or goes on, the staff is going to know who they're going to come and double. Like the other team normally doubles with specific player. 
or off of this guy because of for whatever reason. So they're going to know, and that guy's going to die. Other guys are going to rotate, and they're going to get wide open shots, wide open layups or dunks. So, um, you know, Zach might one game have – he might flirt with a triple-double. That would be crazy. I could honestly see that because he's so dominant. You can't not double-team him, obviously, or triple-team him. But if guys make shots – He's going to get 10 rebounds. He's going to score at least 10 points. If guys make shots and make cuts, I he could flirt with the triple-double. I really do believe that. That would be insane if he just – A triple-double, depending if he gets all those blocks. Now, that would be even crazy. <laughs> Not that I'm trying to put this pressure on, but, I mean, when you're that big like and that dominant, he could end up with 20, 15 – Nine and five, like, you know, and shoot 75% from the field. <laughs> like, well, on that, though, on that, I'm really impressed with his conditioning. And um, that was one thing I was really concerned about. Um, but what did he play? 33, 34 minutes last night. Yeah. Um, obviously, he has to sustain it. So there's going to be games where hopefully Purdue dominates and he doesn't have to, uh, um, you know, play that many minutes. But um, really impressed so far with um, his stamina, his conditioning level. Um you know, shout out to him, shout out to coaching staff, shout out to the strength and conditioning coaches. Um, shout out to Canada for, you know, everything they've done for him um in the summer as well. Um, but yeah, he's in he's in great shape and hopefully he just keeps getting better. Yeah, and then some games he might get I mean, it's just a matter of time before he gets in foul trouble in a game that, that happens to everybody. I mean, especially with someone that big. For sure. He pick he's gonna pick up fouls. Um, just because he is that big. Um, the ones you can live with are like, I would be cool with seeing one a one a game where he just gets a basketball, just Shaquille O'Neal just throws a dude out of the way, just tears the rim off, and just like sets the tone right away. Like, dude, I'm coming, and it's gonna. This is what you're gonna get and get it all night. Mm-hmm. And that guy's gonna be like, oh. Like this is it's gonna be a long night, you know. Um I'd be for to get one of those a game, like, you know, just to know like, dude, this is what you're gonna have to deal with. Like I'm not settling for eight foot jump hooks, like I'm getting to where I wanna get and you're gonna get punished all night. Like you gotta he can't pick up those ball screen, um, illegal screen fouls. Um those are the ones that'll kill you. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of those, yeah, he gets the foul, but those are all on the guard. Um, going too early. So you have to let Zach get set because he's so big. If anybody hits him, they bounce off. Um, but there's definitely going to be a game, and that's when um, Caleb and TKR, Mason, like that's when you got to step up and relish the opportunity to – you know, to be more of a focal point than, you know, you normally are with Zach on the floor. 
No doubt. Um, well, we kind of went over time, so I gotta, I gotta wrap this thing up. Um, I know you're passionate about Purdue, so that, <laughs> I was anticipating that. Um, but I, hey, I really appreciate you coming on, taking the time to do this. Um, all the best to you. I don't. Are you still gonna play? <laughs> Done. <laughs> yeah, you're the first. Be like my my public retirement, I guess. Putting it out there. No, nah, I mean I'm done. Um, just looking to see what's next at this point. Had a great run out of it. Blessed uh, to be able to play 12 years, playing in so many different countries. But um, yeah, it's time to see to see what's next. Well, hey man, congrats on a hell of a career. Appreciate that. That's awesome. Thank you. You heard it here first on Boiler Up, on the Boiler Track <laughs> show. <laughs> well, hey, man, like I said, uh, all the best to you and and whatever you decide to do. You know, uh, Purdue Purdue fans are and the Purdue family are always behind you. I appreciate that, man. Thank you very much. All right, have a good one. Thanks, man. You too.